Hey, what's up everyone out there in a primo land? Welcome back to season two of Marketing Cheat Codes, Operation Content. We've got a great show for you today for all our damn users, practitioners, librarians, and content ops leaders out there looking to build their understanding skill set uh, or team um, and really understand what's at stake to make damn a taproot of change in your organization. My name's Sam, head of content here at Primo, flanked in the recording booth as always by our host and CMO, Ed Brialt. Ed, who are we talking to today? We are talking to an Aprimo customer. Her name is Jennifer Dawson. She leads the digital asset management strategy and transformation at St. Jude Children's Hospital. Super excited for her to come on, share her story and journey with Dan. That's, yeah, always great to talk to an Aprimo power user, Primo customer, been with us for a while. Uh, what, what I really love about where we're going to go with this one is how DAM's essential to digital transformation. Um, when you think about the millions of assets an organization has, your kind of, call it content debt that you've gained from legacy systems over the years and all the different places you want to pull it from to centralize it. It's just kind of a, a lesson in change management. Yeah. And it- and I love that we get to the why on this. She really un- unpacks the mission statement and why they're doing what they do. And this idea of advancing cures, creating the means of prevention for pediatric treatment, regardless of the patient's ability to pay. It really is an awesome story that she shares and connects this technology journey on how that technology powers their mission of being. It's amazing. Two aspects of change. Well, let's not waste any more time and I'll catch you on the flip side, Ed. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marketing Cheat Codes. I'm your host, Ed Brialt, also CMO of Aprimo. I'm really excited to have somebody on the, the pod today who has Two words that I really like, digital and asset in their title, and that's Jennifer Dawson. Jennifer, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Excellent. Um, And really excited to catch up with you. I've heard some amazing stories of how you're doing a lot of uh, digital asset transformation at uh, St. Jude Children's Hospital. You've, You've been there for 20 years. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about you? I know your career didn't probably start where it is today. Take me back a little bit to the beginning. Your career arc would be awesome. Uh, and I know a lot of it had to do with with content, which is just something that i um, really excited to bring to the surface today with you. Right. Well, I started thinking about it once I got um, into asset management. Um, my bachelor's degree is in photography, art history, and digital journalism. So I've already got the photo and assets. I've got the archival and then the computers, which was not my intention at all. So I was a fine art photographer for many, many years. Um, And then I started working at St. Jude as the um, E6 and C41 darkroom tech. And then they were like, oh, she knows how to use Photoshop because I used to be a photographer. So then they were like, well, you know, this transformation is coming. We switched about uh, the year 2000 to digital when it wasn't quite there yet. But um, Wait, so, so the world wasn't always digital? <laughs> no, it was very analog. <laughs> I think we forget that uh, quite a bit. Um, yeah, analog. What, did, what does that world of non-digital analog look and feel like? 
Um, well, now it looks um, really daunting because we have to digitize <laughs> images right. from yeah. 1960 or a little before 1960 to now or to 2000. So that's extremely daunting because we already have six and a half million assets that we're currently migrating over to a primo right now. So it's, um, it's going to be another big project, but we're going to worry about that after go live for the entire institution. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So before, um, digital, that was a thing. And now, um, yeah, I like how you describe that. It's like, um, you had the, the technology, the, the photography, the design, all of these, um, these capabilities that come together in this world of digital asset management. Um, did, uh, you didn't just start there, but it, you grew over time with that. Um, how did you start to layer on your, um, your skill sets over time? Uh, well, basically, uh, for 20 years, well, 18 years, I was the digital asset. I mean, the digital imaging specialist. So I was the power user. I knew how to search like customers. I knew how to search like a photographer. Um, and that is one thing I do love is I love to find things for people. Like if you want to buy a car, I'll find you the best price. Like, <laughs> I'll get it shipped to you. I'll get the fee waived. Like I love to do research and I love to find things for people. So that kind of got me really into like digging deep into our catalog. And then as time went on, our uh, former digital asset coordinator was the former title position. He kind of would like open it up a little bit because I would be like, Hey, this is spelled wrong or this isn't that kid's name. And this date is wrong and this number doesn't match this number. So mm -hmm. he was just kind of like, let me go for it to be his extra set of eyes, you know? So then he retired, uh, two weeks notice and they are like, yeah. you're doing this now. So then I'm like freaking out. I'm like, oh, I gotta learn all about this. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm reading blogs and I'm like, wait, I already do this. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just didn't know the terminology and everything. I was just like, well, oh, I already, I've been doing this. Like, it's just taking it to another level to where I need to do, you know, the back end and know the software um, top to bottom, which I'm still doing with our new system. Um, as you know, it's very robust. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so that's how it just kind of ended up in my lap. And I like it. I love it. That's awesome. I've heard that before too, which is like, I didn't realize this was all digital asset management, which is, you know, a strategy for content. Um, and yeah, you were, you were doing it the whole time and it came together. Mm -hmm. And then this, this state of the business happened and naturally you were the fit for that. And so what's interesting is digital asset management, a, a strategy for organizations. There's a, you, you said words like in there, like search and find and, and access. And uh, I saw other presentations you've done around governance. There's all these different dimensions of content for, you know, especially a, a brand with a mission such as yours, where you have to be ultimately, um, I'll call it content accountable. Mm -hmm. Um in the process. And do you mind actually, I think, um, uh, St. Jude has an amazing mission statement. I love going to back to like the why and mission statements. Do you mm -hmm. care if I just read like two lines 
of it real quick. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, obviously you have to put a link in here, but the mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is to advance cures, the means of prevention for pediatric catastrophic diseases mm -hmm. through research and treatment, consistent with the vision of our founder, Danny Thomas. And this is beautiful. No child is denied treatment based on race, religion, or family's ability to pay. And uh, there, the mission needs storytelling. The mission needs media. The, the mission needs to be told. And then in doing so, um, the media uses patience in the process. Um, I just think that's like a, a line of, um, I'll call it best in class uh, content strategy that, that needs managed. And you're, you're powering that. Um, what are some of the uniquenesses of what you have to do with content that maybe other industries wouldn't appreciate as much as you do every day? Right. And that, and that is one thing that I, I think of all the time is like everything we do is archival. It's historical. Mm -hmm. uh, we were the first non-segregated hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. Danny Thomas was like, no, we're not turning any child away. Like he, the, one of his big, his mission statement was no child shall die in the dawn of life. So we all keep that in mind. I can't even watch our commercials. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. And uh, I mean, yes, they're wonderfully made because some people, my department does some. So um, we, um, and that is my main mission is to keep that historical part and archival part, but also we have PHI in our information. We have the patient's name. We have to have consent. We have the HIPAA laws. We have compliance. And that's, my main job to me is to protect that history and to protect our patients because they're, they're the reason why we're all here. Yeah. It's the reason why I've been here 22 years. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that is deeply connected to, I always, I'm always looking for like that content connection to mission and, um, and what you do, you, you actually have your, your patients in the media to to do the mm -hmm. um the the storytelling that you need to do um and let's talk about how content manifests itself into the experiences that you put in market um the the supply chain of content for what you do how does from you know the creation of ideas to the creation of content to that endpoint experience, what does the the op the the content operations uh, behind St. Jude's look like? You know, sort of at a at a high level that you'd have to follow. Yeah, it'd have to be very high level because there's a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We could have several podcasts on this topic. We could talk a long time about that. Yeah. Uh, basically, well, we have ALSAC, which is the fundraising and awareness arm for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And um, so they generate fundraising materials. And so then you come over to hospital side in my department, which is strategic communications and education outreach. Um, so we have patient education. We have together.org, which is an amazing patient education website. Um, we have to, we use pictures of procedures of 
medical knowledge, you know, that it's explains what's happening to you, what nutrition you need to have. And so we've got tons of content for that. Uh, we also have PR. Um, we are obviously on LinkedIn on, I think, yeah, TikTok and Insta and Facebook. Like it's, um, cause we have just so many programs for our kids and the fundraising side and scientists publishing papers and posters, um, and doing lectures all over the world, um, and several satellite. I mean, we have a global pediatric, um, department, you know, we have a a hospital affiliate in Lebanon. So it's, I mean, it's a constant flow of information through our department for sure. Yeah. So that, that constant flow, it's, it sounds like, I like to talk about this idea of like the four V's of content and they're, um, they're hard to manage volume, variety, velocity, veracity, like the truth and content, like content is the ultimate, like truth maker. Um, so when you think about that content operations, the volume aspect, you, you're dealing with a lot of assets. Mm-hmm. Um, is the, how, how do you find yourself managing the volume right now? Is it obviously technology is helping you, but what are some of the I'll call it cheat codes within management of volume through that operation you just mentioned that you really need to, uh, that you tackle on a, a day-to-day. Right. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I've got two swim lanes right now cause I have legacy dam and then we're constantly adding content to the, the new dam. So I've got photographers uploading hundreds of images every day, you know, headshots, group shots, our pause and play therapy dog program. I mean, you know, construction because we're growing like crazy. Yeah. So I try to release as many as possible because I'm reviewing the metadata first. Our photography staff puts it in. I review it. I release it. I love what Uh, you said there. You review the metadata first. It's like the hygiene on the front end of metadata plus asset then goes into system of records. Right. And then, um, you know, and then I can release it to whoever requested it because right now we're live in my department. We have about 90 people, um, but we're growing so fast. We may have added people while I was on vacation last week, <laughs> last weekend, and then also at the conference. Um, so we're, I mean, it's just a constant flow. And we've barely gotten our graphic design department in on it yet. They're uploading assets, our video department's uploading assets. Uh, medical content, our writers are going to be adding it soon. I mean, it's just, which their things are a lot more self-managed than mine because they're going to be embargoed, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just release whenever that press release comes out or whenever that announcement comes out. Um, but it's mainly the photography right now. We have just so many assets and you can oh, quick turn photography much faster. Mm-hmm. You know, graphic design project can take months. But photography, you know, some projects last months and months, but, you know, studio shot, you know, one day. So I got to make sure I go in and people can see their things and pick it and download it themselves, which takes an extra onus off of me for having to find something, download it, work it up, 
and then send it to them through email and then you email back and forth all day. And that's just, um, that's just a really old fashioned way of working. Absolutely. And now you talked about huge volumes, you know, and the other thing, which is consistent, which is contents being added every day. Mm-hmm. Um, the, did you mention it's about 10 million assets and counting or what's the, what's the volume dimension that you could guess? Right now it's a six and a half. We're trying to migrate, but we have also those other 4 million assets that we're trying to figure out when, you know, what phase to put those in or do we even put them in? Like, right. You know, is anyone going to request this down the line other than a creative or a marketer or a communicator? Um, so those, I mean, that's a really good question, but there's around 10 million plus because they're scattered all over people's hard drives and external drives. Um, we have another dam that we share with Alsac. So we have stuff in there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, desk, you know, an admin's desktop downstairs, probably she, you know, here she may have, you know, a folder of PowerPoint images they like, or I, we just don't know. Cause we haven't had to have this much granular control over it because our old dam it was just you got permission to use it. We had about 300 users mm-hmm. um, and about 60 power users. And then now it's going to be the whole institution. So there's about mm-hmm. 6,000 people that could potentially just log in, grab PowerPoint images if they need them or look for their photo shoot they had for, you know, for feeding tube and insertion. You know, we do a lot of instructional photos and videos too. Um, so it's just hard, hard to say. And plus, since it's so much is being added every day, like there, I don't have a really firm number. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's probably, it, it's variable and, and growing, but I think what you're hitting on is, is an awesome digital asset management cheat code. It's that decision-making process of, does it go in? Does, do we carry it forward or not? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've got like a, a set of criteria you rattle off some, which is, is it, will this be used again? Is it maybe, is it intellectual property that we want to manage going forward? But there is a high cost of carrying that content forward into the, the new content ecosystem, the level of granularity that you spoke about, the science of the metadata, the organization. So I think, I think that's an awesome cheat code, which is like have a threshold where you keep content out and you have a hygienic process for allowing content to come in. Right. And that's, and we are still in part of that planning and deciding. Um, I have a, I've worked with a great team. I've got a great software analyst, uh, my supervisor and my director, we're all sysadmins and we all work together to help, you know, cause they're, I'm the photography SME. So I can give recommendations on that, but software wise, like Marie does that. And then we all kind of make these big decisions together, you know? So I'm very lucky to have them helping me. I've heard that before too, which is, I mean, it really does take a team uh, to make this successful. There's been folks who've activated 
digital asset management. And um, they say, never do it again on your own. Like have a proper team, (laughs) skill sets. And um, yeah, and we all bring our own like gifts to to it, you know, because I'm in the digital integration part of it. So we run most all the websites. So we fall under that. This project falls under that. So we all bring our own gifts to that which is awesome because I've learned things that I never would have known, you know, had I just kept trying to do it by myself. So yeah, don't ever do it. alone. <laughs> yeah. Like bring in, you know, like the more cross the functional, cross departmental, cross functional team members you can bring in. Uh, Absolutely. Definitely a cheat code there. And you mentioned, and so the, we talked about volume quite a bit. Uh, it was great to get that uh, the variety of, of assets that you have, um, you know, a lot of photography you mentioned, um, really awesome multimedia experiences that you have. Um, when you think about the variety of different asset types that you need to plan for, um, even like the non-file-based asset types around, um, you know, certain pieces of copy needing to be used over and over again, what's the variety of assets that you you're, you're seeing the organization manage. I think we came up with a list of about 50 that we're mainly using. Graphic design uses a lot of different ones. Um, so we got graphics, video, raw files, JPEGs, TIFFs, PSDs, EPS, uh, text. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the more new, like, well, and we're putting our raw files and our XMPs in there. So mm-hmm. we've got XMPs to pull out if you need to pull a raw file too, because photographers want to save their work that they did in camera raw, which that XMP saves. So it's um, right now it, it's limited to that. And I haven't seen anybody upload any weird files yet. So. Cause I would be like, what is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> and why did you put that in there? <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, you know, potentially, you know, I've, I've seen your digital experiences you put together. Maybe there's, uh, you know, some new, you know, maybe 3d or some, some mm-hmm. AR potentially, uh, that might mm-hmm. be coming down the line. Um, and then also you, you were hitting on velocity too, which is like the speed um, through the operation out into market, are you finding um, I, over the you know twenty two years, uh, even like in recent years, are you seeing the the speed equation really be like much more important? Uh, is it is it the uh, the the improvements to the operations? Is it the demands that are putting on the department? Is the now accessibility to you can now find things faster then you can move them through the cycle. Um, how much has velocity been um, a factor? Oh, it's changed tremendously, obviously because of technology. Um, and also, I mean, we're growing by leaps and bounds. Um, it's just technology has helped with quick turns Mm-hmm. Um, like instead of a week to get a, you know, photographic paper contact sheet done and you have to come down and look at it. And I marked in a red China marker, you know, which ones we wanted to use for this publication. Like that take, that's days and days. Now you just, 
go, here you go, which one you like, or send an FBO. And then, you know, I'll retouch it when you're ready. If you decide on this one to use, I'll retouch it. And then I can do that in five minutes. Like, well, depending on the project, but um, yeah, technology has been the main driver. And plus um, just, we have three photographers and a photography creative liaison that also shoots. So we've got four channels constantly shooting because I have access to their calendar. It's nuts. I'm like, how are we all even turning this around? Because I'm I'm seeing it in the dam like a day, less than a day maybe after, depending on the project and what it's for. Because social media obviously goes faster. But yeah, there's been a massive change. And I think it's just growth and, and also technology has added to that. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I like to ask about is you've got the volume, you've got the speed. Um, are you thinking about the, I'll call it the economic uh, factor of things, meaning if we're moving faster, if we're moving more f- materials f- through the pipe, so to speak, are we, um, are you keeping like a lens on like the maybe wasteful activities that happen um, that in terms of like defect minimization or, you know, high costs of rework. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you're able to now manage that, you know, in terms of like a quality through a process uh, might be? Right. Well, that, and that's the great thing about this um, implementation that we're doing is that we are taking a deep dive and we're starting with photography just because it's massive, the amount of content we have. Um, just a deep dive into our processes. Our processes were like from 1980 before. I mean, before the pandemic, we would get a printed out. It was literally a green sheet with typed on there what people wanted, you know, or what event it was. And then it would go on the right person's desk. (laughs) So pandemic, we were like, oh, we'll do PDFs. That's so fancy, which helped a lot. Yeah. But um, just when we restructured our um, departments, we've added all because we all used to be separate. Um, but now we're all under the same umbrella, creatives, marketers, communicators, patient education um, and outreach. And so that has helped tremendously because our uh, VP, she had a vision and she told me, and this, I'd started looking for new dams in June of 2020. And she was like, this is going to be a meaty project. Like, it's huge. And I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> so she had, she knew what she wanted to see and she, what she had envisioned. And it's working the way she envisioned it. Like, it's faster. We're collaborating more. Um, and obviously the dam and productivity management is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially I can tell a big difference now, even though only about 90 to a hundred people, well, about we added phase two users. So about 90 to 150 users just entering it in instead of like making a phone call or writing an email back and forth. It just, that's waste time. Yeah. Just, you know, do it. and. A primo and then I'll get it 
and then I'll send it to you through a Primo. So yeah. it's really cut. It's allowed for more growth, really. And the only thing that um, the kink is like just the amount that the photographers shoot. Cause I'm like, you're taking up my space, edit harder, you know, edit more, edit more, edit more. But I don't want to, um, I don't want to lock down their creativity either. So I'm kind of yeah. doing laissez-faire hands off on that right now. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, the, the point we, we you made earlier was around the nature if we could get to like this, I like to call it veracity or truth in content, you have to, while you're, you have this volume and um, speed to market. And of course the, you know, the editing processes, this layer of compliance. Um, can you talk a little bit about this? I like to call it value. You had your processes from the eighties and you have your new processes Compliance is one of those, I put it in the bucket of is like value added complexity to a process. It's like a, we need it to be this way for very important, um, you know, compliant reasons. Um, when you went through that transformation, were you able to like sift through the non-value add complexity, keep the value add complexity related to the, the level of compliance you need to have with, with your content operation? Luckily, that hasn't changed much because um, HIPAA started in 1996, so we follow exactly what legal tells us to do. Um, we follow HIPAA compliance. Um, we have and the new process now. We have a patient liaison office. Is if someone chooses an image with a child in it, I get a notice, and then the liaison office gets a notice. Cause they're the one, you know, they keep up with that. They're like right on the minute of the status of this patient, of the consent, uh, talking to the parents. So that has been a tremendous help to help us keep that compliance and keep, and I consider that just part of our governance plan or it's, I haven't written it down yet, but it's in my notes. Um, for, um, because we didn't have we didn't have a governance council. Yeah, I have one, and there are people in it. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> well, they're going to find out now. <laughs> the, five of, the five of us are meeting this day every day every month on a Thursday, right? <laughs> so, um, and there's like people I want to get involved that are our super users, like the liaison office. They need to be a part of that to help help me, like. What can I improve? What can I shut down or open up? You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. It creates a almost a organizational learning improvement uh, yeah. forum. So you're on your damn journey. Um, some other cheat codes, things that you know now that you didn't know before that you may have done differently had you known it before. Is there any lessons learned from having gone through the process that other yep. folks might benefit from? A lot. Uh, the main thing is start your change management plan early, like really early. Um, like, like yesterday? <laughs> like, in, like in June 2020, when I first started looking, like everybody knew it was coming, right? 
but that's not a change plan, a change management plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we have one now, but it's for the institution. And looking back, I'm like, we should have done this months and months and months ago with just our creatives even because all of us have been here for a million years. I mean, we've got people from five years to 37 years. So, well, the youngest is two years, I think. But um, because we've been working the same way with a, a structured file folder system for 22 years. And like everybody's like, that is crazy. And I'm like, well, I can, I can find everything. And they're like, yeah, cause you've been using it for 22 years. So that would, is the main thing. And plus just to prepare everybody for the benefits and the changes. And yes, uh, there's going to be a little bit of extra workload while we're layering up those dams until we can finish migration. Um, also, start with clean data mm-hmm. 20 years ago, maybe because our old dam was designed for creatives and marketers. So it's not for your average user that wants to search like Google. Um, so we should have, yeah, that's the biggest thing I've learned is because I didn't know what a change management pl- plan was until I, you know, got into the middle of this and I was like, Oh man, we should have done that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've heard that before. Uh, obviously, change management is a big one, especially with yours. There's a lot of, I'll we'll call it institutional knowledge mm-hmm. uh, that like firmed up over time in people. Um, now you have the the business knowledge in the human verse, it sort of it, um, abstract in technology or systems. Um, so that's a risk you're, you're, you're moving the risk factor around putting the knowledge into systems more is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And then um, data is always going to be the, the friend or the, the enemy of um, hygienic operations, uh, insights, intelligence. Um, uh, on that point specifically, I know, you know, all the d- metadata gets checked and validated and enriched. Um, but are there any other data um, enrichment processes that you've started with uh, activation of a new dam or hygiene cycles or like appending data uh, to make, um, uh, whether that be uh, the metadata or um, you know, other data uses for assets more improved? Um, yes. So... We've gotten it to where um, a lot of the fields in Bridge, Lightroom, and Photo Mechanic will, in Photoshop, of course, will map over and auto-populate. So the photographers and creatives don't have to worry about that part. Amazing. Um, and then I go in and enrich it after that. Um, we're still working on a couple of mapping fields for, like, departments. Um, and there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, so that's helped a lot because we really want to make these processes easier. Uh, And eventually it will be once we sunset the other one. But um, yeah, it's just, I'm trying to think of what else we've done. It's just, and and also one thing I did learn at uh, Dam New York, um, our description field 
It needs to be alt text. It needs to read like, say, Getty's stock images right. description. Because yeah. now it's just an asset number, a date, John Doe, hospital, hospitalist, uh, studio porter. And that's not really user-friendly for a visual impaired person that's trying to, you know, pick an image out. It should be, you know, John from the hospitalist program in 1920, 1920, but you know, like 2002. So they'll be like, Oh, that's an old image. I don't need, let's request a new headshot. And you know, well, you know how that works, but um, accessibility is really uh, the next thing I'm going to be. Um, working on and developing a plan for as part of that governance plan. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, key keyword strategies. I mean, a great place to. Um, there's a whole there's a whole discipline of that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that yeah, I've heard folks you know spend a lot of uh, a disproportionate amount of their time investing in. Um, those are great. Thank you. I mean, just a lot of cheat codes in the process. Uh, in terms of uh, maybe insight, uh, reporting and analytics, consumption data, are you getting any better insight into use the usage of content? Um, whether that be, yeah. Not at this time, because we have so many specialized asks of uh, reporting, workflows, um, permissions. Mm. We, we had to get really in there and they're very specific, very granular. Um, and we're working on getting some new reports generated and made for just for our needs. Um, so we've only been reporting since July 5th. So I haven't seen those yet. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's a training coming up on that soon. Um, cause I, I was focused more on the damn side than the the reporting and PM side. Yeah, that's always, that was part of my like, what's next for you question. The, where do you go? Like if you're almost like your ro- roadmap, like what's now that you're here, what are those next few steps in your damn journey look like? And obviously reporting analytics, there's lots of yeah, training yeah. Still going on. Um, well, definitely learn more about the PM side, getting certified in that also um, reporting. Cause I've, you know, I go in there and look around, poke around, because that's how I learn the best is just getting getting in there, getting my hands dirty. Absolutely. Um, so I've, you know, learned a lot that way, but I'm not sure what our admin specialist is looking for, you know, and I'm not sure which report she uses. Um, but that's, yeah, that's my next for me. When you know, while I'm doing all this other stuff, <laughs> I want to get that certification. <laughs> yeah, I love that. No, the um, the operational underpinnings of content, such a you know, we think about like the cost, time, quality, volume, uh, work management, uh, bringing in technology to help take the work about work out, uh, and let just sort of like I call it outsourcing to the the machines, you know, the the work management system, and just let the folks the the photographers, um, the you know editors, the creatives do their best, you know skill uh, skilled work, um, mm-hmm. and that's where you know that next layer of value um, is going to come from. Love hearing about your story, your mission, your journey. Um, 
really excited that you know you're out speaking about it, Jennifer. Uh, really inspiring, and you're on the um, Henry Stewart stage. And uh, want to thank you for joining the podcast today, sharing your experiences. Where can if folks want to reach out and um, learn more about what you're doing, uh, maybe have a conversation with you? Where's a good place to uh, and, and method to get in touch with you? Um, probably LinkedIn is the best just because after, um, damn New York, like we, there were so many people that we, you know, we were just connecting like crazy. So I think that is LinkedIn has been a really great resource for me for asset management. Um, just yeah. following different people, connecting with different people, um, reading blogs. I mean, just that's, and that's another part of my journey is just to absorb as much as I can from other people and see what they're doing. Because it seems kind of like after talking with people after the panel I was on, yeah, like, we're in the exact same boat, you know, like, so it's good to know that, you know, it's the struggle, the struggles and the successes, you know, and to be able to share all that with everybody. And, for, and obviously for people to know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a niche uh, occupation. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't even know. My mom keeps asking me what I do. <laughs> she's, I, like, she's like, she's just a photographer at St. Jude. I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We jokingly talk about we're going to have a bring your parents to work day. And because they don't know what we do here. Um, that's that's like, awesome. funny. Um, yeah, cause she was like, I never thought you'd end up working with computers. I was like, I never thought I would end up in it either. Like I was going to be a fine arts photographer or work for a newspaper. So here I am. <laughs> here you are. That's awesome. Yeah. There's definitely a, a, a need for within the digital asset management space, uh, more community. The meetups are awesome. And, um, I don't know, I'll see what I can do to help out in that. But, uh, <sighs> Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing everything. Uh, we're going to have to put some links in here to some of the really cool, you shared with us that awesome multimedia interactive experience. So folks, awesome. folks need to see that. So we'll share that <laughs> out as well. So good. Awesome. Jennifer, thank you so much. Thank you. It's so nice for, to be here and for you to have me here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today for another episode of Marketing Cheat Codes. I want to thank our guests for their time and everyone out there in a primo land for listening. This episode was written, mixed, and produced by Glenn McManus. Our associate producer is Noah Horberg. Our production coordinator is Izzy Herbst. And our creative director is Sonny Okamoto. Our series is hosted by Ed Brield. And I'm your co-host, Sam Chapman. If you like what you're hearing, please rate us or review us everywhere you listen to podcasts and be sure to keep the conversation going by following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss or want to be a guest, head on over to the URL in the episode description and drop us a line. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.